Da, 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 da. You're listening to the world famous White Roof Radio with cast number 600. Holy crap, 600. Jeez. Uh, this one was recorded on uh, July 12th, 2016. Tonight brought to you by CravenSpeed.com, MotoringStripes.com, and now Motoring.com. Mini performance, speed, and style. It's on Motoring.com. <laughs> My gin tastes like coconuts tonight. Do you think I'm having a stroke? You might be having a stroke. No, that's if it tastes like toast. Burnt toast, that's it. Is I smell it, burnt Isn't toast. it burnt toast? I think it's burnt toast, yes. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's DB in Arizona bringing you guys a brand new episode of the world-famous White Roof Radio. Talking about Mini Coopers for you like we like to do. Uh, joining us this fine evening, my good friend Todd Pearson, MotoringStripes.com. Todd, say hi. I am uh, still here. Okay, good. That makes me happy. Do you have gin left? Yeah, yeah, I'm good to go. Good to go. All right, good. And then, of course, Alex is here, too. I am here. Not for the 600 times, but uh, I am here. Never nice. Oh, my gosh. That's the other Nobody thing, too. Is. Like, we were, we're, we've still got planned. Even though this is technically show 600. Right. We have big, we have big things planned for you. We're going to have some cool guests on and do that um, over the next few weeks. This is just a precursor to the uh, the glory that is our 600th show marking of the event yes this is only episode 600 just because that's the way it fell chronologically but the actual 600th episode will be coming later on yeah it's going to be awesome anyway uh yeah so we're talking about many stuff uh chad couldn't make it because mr detroit tuned the good reverend himself is busy prepping for many takes the states visitors uh we're recording a day before all they all start arriving to the michigan area and uh, i'm hoping that all of you guys stopped and said hi to chad and maybe bought something and I hope you didn't need any uh, emergency repair work. Yeah, maybe like an oil change or something. That would have been kind of cool. You know? Yeah. Quick tire rotation. Se- maybe, like, yeah. you know, top off of the fluids. I've only seen a couple of people with uh, issues so far. But, you know, yeah. hey, that's to be expected when you're driving around in a 10-year-old car. Exactly. Exactly. We only have a couple stories for you guys tonight. Um, this one broke early, late last week, and that was uh, Anders Warming leaving a Mini. And then we're going to talk about sales, but global sales. We're going to get to all that here in just a minute. Before uh, we do, I want to remind you guys about one of the fine sponsors here on the White Roof. Let's go back over to OutMotoring.com, shall we? I've been telling you guys, he's adding, I, I, I'm just not, it's just going to be like the, the big um, muscular dystrophy, March of Dimes, tote board, changing of numbers by how many parts Aaron's adding to his inventory every month. Right now he's up to 1,200 different products he's adding every month. 1,200 new products, including a whole bunch of replacement and repair parts. Like uh, replacement speakers for your mini, uh, mini wheel center caps, carbon charged uh, cabin filters, the full on oil change kit. This is like if you're a DIYer and you like doing your own maintenance and repairs on your mini, outmotoring.com's got you covered, my brother. Go over there, check it out. When you get there, I want you to make sure you sign up for the email newsletter. Super simple. It'll pop up at the bottom of the screen. Put in your email address. It's not the, and when you do, you save 5% on your orders. That's super awesome. 5%. That's huge. Don't forget, too, free ground shipping on most orders if you spend more than $195. Also, fairly strong. Like if you go and you buy who knows what, but 200 bucks worth of stuff, that could, you know, free shipping's pretty strong. Just saying. It's over at motoring.com. Not only that, but they've got all the car care products that you need for your mini. Keep your car uh, shiny and new, plus all of the lifestyle products for your own person, the hats, the shoes, the shirts, everything else that you want for yourself. Go over there, outmotoring.com. Sign up for an email newsletter to get your 5% discount code. Okay? Don't forget. 
Very important. That's our friends over at Motoring. Motoring.com. Mini performance, speed, and, um, hmm, yeah, let's do a mini wheel center caps. That fits most minis. That's Motoring.com. <laughs> nice. Uh, news music, please. It's in, it's in my brain. Boom. It's in my brain. All right. What should we start with? Let's continue. Because last week we spent a fair amount of time talking about sales. So let's kind of continue down that track and talk about global mini sales. Yeah, because, uh, because last week go ahead, we talk. talked about how, yeah, well, last week we talked about how U.S. sales for June were down what twenty point four percent for the month 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 of date was sixteen percent year to date was twenty percent. <clears throat> uh, uh, Something like that, maybe reversos, but yeah, they were yeah, down pretty yeah, bad. Yeah, I swapped. But anyway, um, yeah, they're down, and they're down double digits, which mm-hmm. is uh, which is a big deal, mm-hmm. a big deal. But now we get global sales numbers, and and global sales, according to the press release, mm-hmm. if you will, right? Um, that they that so far it's the first best first six months ever mm-hmm. in the history of mini, and global sales are up like five percent. Yeah. So my question is, if the U.S., the number one market, which is clearly no longer the number one, it can't be with sales where they are. I don't know. Imagine the U.K. is back one. Um, Down 20% for June and 16, 17% for the year. Mm -hmm. But the whole year is up. I'm scratching my head going, what is going on here? Who's not not telling us the right numbers? No, I don't think it's a matter of not being the right numbers. Are... Is the rest of the world playing funny numbers games, or is it just the U.S. is paying the price for last year's funny number games, mm. which basically were there to make up for 2014, mm-hmm. which was many took it in the rear, if right. you will. Right. You don't have to edit that, DB. <laughs> but because we had six mo- almost six months without sales because of e- the EPA held the cars. Right. So this is like a trickle-down... Of crap, yeah. I don't. Two, I don't know, man. I'm confused. That Mini has been dealing with for two years, right? Right. I think they played some funny numbers in 15 to to overinflate things, especially at the end of the year. They offered dealers incentives to mark cars as sold and go, "Hey, we're going to give you like for this however many cars you have on your lot, mm-hmm. we're going to mm-hmm. give you an, an extra." thousand dollars or two thousand i don't even know what it was okay but it was a significant amount of money per car off so let's say your wholesale value on a car you buy is x number of dollars and you're getting an extra thousand dollars a car heck yeah you're gonna mark 10 20 30 of those cars right because it's 30 grand extra profit for you down the road right problem is that's going to take you months to recover but still you're going to recover it yeah so but those sales don't mark up as new sales. They they showed up in November, December of 2015. Right. So I think there's a little bit of that. Gabe okay. thinks it's a little bit of the America's uh, the United States' insatiable lust for larger cars and SUVs, sure. which is, I'm sure, because, a factor. Because gas is cheap. And, DB, you're right, because gas is now... It's still hovering around $2 a gallon for, for regular unleaded here in, in Kansas City. Yeah, I don't that's, know about where you guys um, are. I'm at uh, Arizona's at about for the big stuff two sixty. Alex is probably at like twelve dollars a gallon because he's in you know bear. <laughs> <laughs> to San Francisco. Yeah, it's actually three 
Yeah, three twenty nine a gallon. Oh, that's not Dang. bad. That yeah, is no, that is not bad. I I can find it three nineteen sometimes. It's also because I mean, I'm like you guys. You're probably using like the premium one, like Shell or Chevron or any of those brands. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I need to get. I'm sure if I get out of the city, I could find less expensive. But you know, if yeah, there were a bigger tank, drive all the way I could out get to like out Stockton. of the city and fill up my tank. But there is. <laughs> you have to drive out to Stockton <laughs> to find cheaper gas, Alex, and uh, or Sacramento. <laughs> yeah. I uh, complain, and I put I got to put this in the comments on my JD Power survey and that other one I took that yeah, Matrix. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When they're like, any final comments? I go, yeah. The size of the gas tank is ridiculously <laughs> small. Yeah. No way. I mean, I fill up my tank in the JCW, and it tells me I'm going to get like 280 miles out of the tank. What I might as well like, be driving a Tesla. What is it? Ten gallons? It's just over. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's just over yeah, it's, uh, it's really annoying because on my one series, I could go 10 days without, like, you know, every 10 days I would fill up the tank. But now it's, like, every week. Every week. It's not, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's not that bad for me because I only put 500 miles a month on the car. So I right. fill up twice a month. But okay. I drive way less than average people do. And I think average people are going to be filling up every five to seven you know, days. That, I have to say, as much as I dislike the R56, one of the nice features of it is that it's a 27-gallon fuel tank. <laughs> it does have a 13.2 or 13.2. I've I have almost put 14 gallons of fuel in that car. I think it that's, might be 13.7, yeah. I th- I think that's what it is. Um But that means you run it down to the you play that that Kramer game from Seinfeld. How how far can we take this thing? No, nah, I just run it down till I run it down till the light turns on and then I go find the next station. Well, the light is usually 1 gallon left and that's what 30 miles for you. Yeah, it's 30 miles for me. So that's enough to get me home. I um, love to play that game. <laughs> my, my favorite is to get down to like one, and I've had it flirt from with one and zero before, back and forth. I've had double dashes on the R fifty six. I'm not gonna lie, I did yeah. it on uh, I did it on the R fifty two. I got it down to like zero, but then I think it went negative. It was weird. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. It went negative. Did yeah, it went, went negative. One G happened. Even running a modern modern car out of gas is not a good thing to do. Oh no, 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 no! <laughs> I was I was like pulling into the gas station. That's like, but I was stuck in traffic in LA when I did that. So sales, okay. So do yeah, we have it? Uh, so if they've shipped one hundred and seventy five thousand minis in the first half of the year, right? And we know that that makes the the Oxford capacity then three hundred and fifty thousand, which is a mm, that's a lot of cars. Well, there, not necessarily. No way some of those are also built. They're also building minis in the Netherlands now, oh, and they're still building. Austria. Yeah, I forgot about that. Austria, so you don't so think you... there's a chance that any of those minis are getting shipped, at least delivered to the United States? Maybe not necessarily sold, but just delivered. That's a lot no, of cars. These are, these are sold cars, and yeah. in fact, we have a number of cars in our like uh, a bunch of the cars are coming in from the Netherlands now. Oh, okay. So yeah, they uh, we are getting uh, Netherlands cars in the U.S. In fact, I think I want to say convertibles are coming from the Netherlands right now. Yeah, maybe. I may be wrong. It's one of the new cars are coming from the Netherlands. Hard top convertibles. Yeah. But anyway, the point is. If global sales are up, I'm still scratching my head over this, guys. I, I, I'm con- I'm really confused. I don't understand how global sales can be up, but U.S. sales can be down as much as I would understand. Maybe if U.S. sales were down, let's say, maybe ten percent, maybe seven or eight percent. But well, it the, would be it would be uh, interesting to know the distribution, right? Because if you look at uh, the like contribution of U.S. sales, it's a, what? It's about twelve, thirteen percent of the total sales, right? Right. So let's say so so. So there must be like other countries where it's up, where it's uh, where the numbers are up by like a lot. Maybe China. 
because the average, yeah, I mean, it must be like a, the, the Asian region. I don't, I mean, it's also Europe is not, you know, it's doing pretty good. Like, uh, if you look at uh, Peugeot and uh, Renault and Citroën, like they came back from, you know, over the past, over the past maybe four or five years, like they've been doing pretty badly and they have mm-hmm. come back really, really strong over the past couple of years. Might so, that be uh, the, the assistance Europe of, is not doing bad, you know? Yeah, but with both Peugeot, couldn't that be the assistance of Nissan helping them out? Uh, you mean Renault? No, no, no. It's actually the. It's actually. The, the, I'm sorry. It's, it's the other way around. Ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it doesn't. No, it's not like you're helping. Like it's not one of the helping the other. They're both brands are actually working fairly well. Got it. Uh, so, yeah. And Peugeot and uh, Citroën. Yeah, it's a pretty. I mean, it's not so. Peugeot is surprising because you know historically it's been you know kind of uh, you know fairly flat sales. But Alex, it's, it's because Peugeot, Peugeot, Peugeot built a 308, which was a giant steaming pile of crap. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Did that just come out out loud? Yeah, that's yes, it did. But Alex, like I said, I think the the statistically speaking here is that the U.S., even though it's the number one market, only sells about fifteen percent of the global minis. Fifteen, yeah. one five. Yeah. Right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, it's about it's about the number. I think the number for this month was twelve point eight percent. So it's like closer to thirteen thirteen percent. Yeah, I was using it on a basis of between fifty and sixty thousand. Yeah. Right. Many sold in the U.S. a year, and that out of the 175,000 basically sold globally mm-hmm. uh, in the first half of this year, that comes out to right at like 14, 15 percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, it's still I gotta say, as a company, as as if I were an executive at, at BMW AG in Germany, mm-hmm. I would look at this and go, "Crap, what do we do about the United States? What right. is going wrong here? We need to fix this, right?" Right. And we've been talking about this for a very long time. This is going to segue. Is that two things are two things are going wrong? And Alex put it in in a very succinct way last week on last week's show. Yep. Please go listen to five ninety nine if you haven't heard that about how the new marketing and the new car itself are not appealing to Mini's base. And we use the word base, right? Uh, meaning. Existing customers, people who like us have purchased multiple minis. Sure. All, yeah, if all, we want to say, call them like historical owners, maybe. Right. Uh, yeah. So. yeah, base is maybe not the right marketing term, which is fine. Right. But those of us who are enthusiasts who have purchased multiple minis, and all three of us here on the show now have purchased multiple minis, right? Correct. I mean, DB, you're on your second or third, on right? On my third. Yep. Uh, Alex, you're on your third. On my fourth or fifth, I think. Fourth or fifth? I'm on my seventh right now. I'm on mini numbers. <laughs> um, and granted, we're still buying the cars, but, you know, we're we're fanboys, if you will. That's what yes. we are. We're enthusiasts. That's why we do this. Right. We don't get paid by anybody to do this. We don't get paid by many to do this. We don't get any consideration. Oh, that's not true. The, <clears throat> we have a few fine patrons that signed up over at patreon.com forward slash white roof radio. <laughs> they give us a little bit of a couple of ducats every month for a show. Well, Mini USA is a patron. <laughs> no, they are not. <laughs> anyway, the, the, the point is that I think, like you said last week, Alex, that, that, that those people, the enthusiasts, the repeat buyers, are turned off by the new car, by the design of the new car, and the marketing of the new car, those two things. Now, marketing won't keep you from buying a product if the product is still good, yeah. right? Right. You don't, care what, you don't care what the ads are saying because you love the what? product. It's like blah, but, blah. But, Todd, yep. what, what marketing? What ads? I don't, um, have, I don't have TV. You don't, watch, you don't watch TV. I watch TV, and I see the same mini ad all the time. They're running this ad just... And and I every time we see it on the on the television, 
we see that uh, this is a Super Bowl ad, basically. Oh, okay. It, with Harvey Keitel, who looks like he's just hammered poo. I mean, <laughs> I, he really does not look good in this ad. There's a um, show title, Alex. The and, wolf. Hammered poo. <laughs> yeah, he's the wolf, man. Shit, that's all you had to say. Um, uh, anyway. The wolf is com- completely hammered. That's so funny. We, we look at this and go, just showing this ad more times isn't going to help. Right. You know? Showing it more frequently is not going to help. So, uh, yeah, they are showing a lot of ads. They've really had a big push on, on TV. It's on a lot of cable channels. It's on network. Um, I see it in baseball games, everything from baseball games to Big Bang Theory reruns. Got it. I mean, so seriously. they're definitely getting their money's worth out of that ad that was created for a spot six months ago. Well, that's real. <laughs> that's relative. If you say their money's worth, they're they're not really selling cars. No, that's true. I think if they were getting their money's worth, it would be working and they're selling cars. Right. Now, we've had this discussion amongst us internally at White Roof Radio, and this includes Gabe, who's not here tonight. At the clubhouse. Yeah, at the clubhouse with the water cooler. And you know, no, water and, cooler. Uh, do you know the clubhouse is fully catered too? White Roof Radio and open bar. Open absolutely. bar. Yeah, we have macaroni and cheese and top ramen for days and open bar. We <laughs> use all of our we use all of our food budget for Todd's gin. But we've talked about this, and Gabe finally said it in a way today that I I agree. I agree with very little that Gabe Bridger says anymore. <laughs> um, but he did say something today that I did agree with. And that was the new marketing is not working in the U.S. And while it's a good campaign, and I think we all agreed, when we saw those ads for the very first time, mm-hmm. we liked them. Mm-hmm. We said as a, a campaign, and I'm saying the individual ones where you saw Serena Williams talking about how she was always judged mm-hmm. um, one way and she kind of defied that. And then you saw you know, all these other people like T-Pain mm-hmm. and, and Randy Johnson who talked about you know, all of these ways people like categorize them, mm-hmm. but they defied that and that the mini defies that too. We're like, hey, that's a great message. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Gabe finally said it today. He goes, this is so, po- it's such a great campaign in theory, but kind of poorly executed in both print and digital forms. Yeah. And I agree. It's not, it's not going over well with the U.S. because I'm not kidding you. This ad shows up on TV, and every day I hear from family and friends, hey, you're into minis a lot, and no, no, you do the show, and blah, blah, blah. What's up with that ad? I don't get it. Right. And I'm, I'm being honest with you guys. This, I seriously hear it all the time from family and friends. Yeah. They want to know what the point is. Right. It doesn't sell cars. I mean, it's, it's a cool ad, but it doesn't sell cars. So obviously – yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and and there's something about the. I think you know another another thing that Gabe said is that that's also easily forgettable, right? Because if you if you look at, I mean, the, the, we're still talking about the ad because we're looking at it, and also because it's not it wasn't a bad ad, right? But do you remember it as the as the ads you know from the from the early 2000s? You won't. Or do you rem- remember it? Uh, mm-hmm. The mini ads I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. Or do right. you? Would you remember it like the like for instance the Volkswagen ads that are every single year? They are pretty good. Like the the, the Darth, Darth Vader, Vader one, one. Yeah. With the you know the, the the Darth Vader kid and the Jedi. It's it's yeah. amazing. Like I will probably never forget this ad. Granted, yeah. like I'm a that was a Star great that was a great ad and makes me want was almost made me want to buy a Jetta. Was a great one, right? And the, and Volkswagen has a great one going right now. I sent this to you guys a couple of weeks ago, and it's an ad. Yeah, yeah. It's currently running on TV, and it's an ad for the GTI, I think. Um, and it's a guy who's dozing on his couch, right? He's sleeping on his couch, and he's dreaming. And you see his right foot 
like tapping the accelerator and in his mind he's going mm-hmm. and then you cut to a picture of him driving with his dog in the car and he's racing around in his gti just having a ball and then you cut back to him he's on the couch and he's kind of imagining this he's dreaming this right and it's it's a really good ad i have to say and i'm like i sent this to you guys a couple of weeks ago and mm-hmm. i said you know what this is what mini ads used to be yeah they used to be good like this because this ad makes me want to go drive a gti right maybe not yeah. buy one but at least gets me to the dealer to go that just embodies what i want in a car right yeah, yeah. i don't think the defy labels campaign says shit about the car Right. I mean, I know it says defy labels and everything, but I'm I'm left scratching my head going, I know what the campaign is. You don't don't try and explain that to me. I get it. I get the campaign in theory. It's great. But that ad itself, the Super Bowl ad, the one that keeps airing over and over again, every time I see it I cringe a little bit. And I'm right. like, Oh, I I so love the brand. I lo- I even love my new car. Don't get me wrong. But man, the marketing kinda starting to piss me off. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and, and maybe if they did change that, maybe it would help. But then again, maybe not. Because you know what makes really good TV commercials right now? And the only ones I see them on the internet is Chevy, right? I actually yeah. like the Chevy commercials, yet Ford has eaten their lunch. Yeah. <laughs> Ford is outselling Chevy like four to one. It's ridiculous, especially in the pickup truck market, the half-ton truck market. So well, I mean, here's the problem with the Chevy ads, DB, is some of them are like, oh, wow, that looks they, – they take all the badges off the car. Yeah, that looks like a BMW. It's just like, oh, yeah, so that's, now you guys are being dumb. You've never seen a BMW, clearly. You've only seen pictures of them. <laughs> yes. But what's very interesting about but what you're saying, DB, is that, for instance – like I, I don't think maybe I'm wrong. Like I, I don't know that space at all. But I don't think the Ford needs like a lot of commercial for the F one fifty. Just like Volkswagen probably doesn't need a lot of commercial for the GTI, right? Or the Jetta. But yeah, or the Jetta. But like Mini is is not is just is simply not there. No. And and I think yeah. And I and I think they you know obviously there's a lot of legacy you know with the brand um, and a lot, a lot of history. Uh, and, and it would have been interesting to now, you know, we can do a lot of things with what if scenarios, but it would have been interesting to know, uh, to find out like what would have happened like in the collective, you know, mindset if they'd continue with that, you know, kind of, uh, you know, I am the underdog attitude and all that. And so, you know, build a, build like some kind of, you know, uh, cultural, I don't know, halo around the brand. Um, since since you know those commercials back in the 2000s and yeah. up until now, I figured and see if they would actually need like commercial, like you know, a lot more commercial like they do now. Because for instance, I don't think BMW runs a lot of I don't know because I don't watch TV either, but I don't think they run a lot of BMW commercials, do they? Yeah, yeah, yeah they that do. one with the guy, the guy getting okay. his hands okay. dirty in the back of the car. And especially because BMW is a big sponsor of the Olympics, and the Olympics is starting here in less than a month, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. So the Olympics in Rio, and BMW is a big sponsor. So you're going to see, if you watch TV, um, BMW if you're old ads. like me, and you still have a television, you it's don't cable. via YouTube, um, there's, you're going to see a lot of BMW ads. And Chris Pine is the voice of, of BMW, the guy who Captain plays Captain Kirk. Kirk on the new Star Trek movies. Yep. What he's most famous for right now. He also, um, he also played Jack Ryan in another movie. He yeah, did, they're pretty he good. Did a really good job. Yeah, the BMW ads are pretty good ads, but they're pretty prevalent too, even more so than than many right now. Right. So as far as television goes, right. okay, 
And in the world of digital, it's hard to say because you do one Google search for BMW or Mini, and you're going to be inundated with the ads. So you can't really judge the prevalence of ads online anymore right. because they're so, they're so targeted. If you, you know, have a blog or you have a Facebook page or something that has the word Mini or BMW in it multiple times, you're going to get targeted with those ads just because of keywords. Right. Okay, you can't really judge that. But how effective a campaign is, you can. So anyway, this all comes back to... All right, we don't like the marketing, us, here. It's subjective. But we also say sales are down. Right. All right? Let's start this little trek down here. The, the second thing that we talked about in this is that people kind of don't like this new car. Um, and I'm saying the, the diehards, the repeat customers, mm-hmm. and I've heard this from many, many people, and I think you guys have too. Tell me if I'm wrong, is that... The diehards, repeat customers that we know, the, the people in the clubs and the people who go to Mini Takes the States, you know, they're like, it's a Mini and I, I like the new tech, you know, some of the new tech and it's a little bit fun. It's a little bit nicer car, so I'm going to buy one. But you know what? I really like my R53, the looks of it better, the design of it better. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I like the way my R50 looked better than the R56. Am I off base in saying that? No. No. no, but but design is subjective. I mean, because it as is. much as we like the older cars, obviously, the R53 and the R50, which are just classic-looking cars, the F56, I don't think is a horrible-looking car, and the new convertible, I think, is just amazing-looking. It is, but when photographed from the side or the rear, although I'm still have, I'm starting to have a, more of a problem with the taillights than I used to, Yeah, and mostly because it's not that it looks bad on the car, but when you open the boot of a new Mini... I hate that pitchfork metal that sticks out. It's like a, a, a head-gashing point on the boot now. I mean, it's awful. I've hit my head so many times on the corners of new minis because of that design. I hate it, and I curse it daily, and that's just me because I, I work around the cars, and they're not up on lifts and everything like that. So I have a problem with that. As Alex does, I have a big big problem with the front bumper of this car and the way it looks like a frightened goldfish <laughs> and that's the way it's been described. am i am i right am i wrong what's i mean do you guys agree does the front end of this car need some serious help yeah it does i mean i, I think yeah we've we've been talking about it now for almost two years two years and a half so uh uh, you know, I, I don't think it's just us talking about this. I think a lot of people, you know, that have been talking about it. It will probably, it will probably, you know, from what we hear, it's going to get like a, a big fix, you know, with the LCI. I think the, the big fix is only, is, you know, you don't need to wait until the LCI. I think if you look at the Clubman, this is what the fix is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and to be frank, to be frank, like they wouldn't fix it if it wasn't a problem, right? So, if if they're fixing it, if they're changing it for 2016, and if the Clubman also doesn't look like this, it's because they realized, you know, that it was a design mistake. I mean, uh, although I, I just, it's just still, you know, baffles me how how this went through went through honestly, because every every, I mean, you know, we're not we're not. I, I don't think we have any more. Uh, design sensibility, or probably less than anyone on the BMW board, and uh, and you know they are proving every single car that is being produced, so even Mini, right? And so I just don't understand how that front bumper like went out. This is like a Donald question for me. 
I'll answer your question right now. Here's how it went out is that Mini used to be really unique with the R50 and R53 and even the R56. And we're talking, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, the, the Mini that came out in 2002, and then it was updated in 2007, okay? Those two generations of car, they were very similar, and but also very unique design-wise. They had a lot of design cues that were very unique to the car. Right. And those have gone away. The F56, which is the new car that came out in 2014... The one that's got the big black bumper on the front that nobody seems to. I've I've yet to meet somebody who thinks that that looks great. And the t- and taillights like a fat spaniel's face. It's really big. The really big taillights. So these things. Um, the reason they did these is because it's a design trend in in cars. If you look at many other vehicles, everything from Hyundai's to Toyotas to Lexus to all of these are going with these giant grills and these black bumpers that stick out um, in, in front of this. And many, many cars, I've even seen on Kias. So many, many Mazdas. Mazdas are some of the worst. Yeah, also. I think some of that, though, is for the European crash standard, so the cars are safer when they hit people. You, That is the excuse that I hear. However, as Alex has pointed out so astutely many times on the show, why don't Porsches look like that? Why don't Corvettes look like that? Mm, yeah, why don't okay. so many cars... That our high production vehicles don't have to look like that. It is a trend, and it is a horrible freaking trend. That is one of my beefs. My second beef with this car, and this may just be me, is the flattened parts on the side of this car and the contours. The minis used to be very smooth down the side, mm-hmm. and now they're full of these contours and these flat creases around the, the fenders. And the fender arch areas, which is also another design trend in in all cars. You look at that. Ten years ago, nobody had this. Now every car on the road, from a Honda to Toyota to Kia, they all have these creases around the bumpers. Yes, it makes the metal a little bit stronger, and it decreases manufacturing costs because you can use cheaper metal, and there's a fold in it, and it strengthens it, yada, yada, yada. But many used to be different. They used to spend the extra money to make this. Right. In fact, I was having a discussion with a, a, a good friend of the show, Eric Kennedy, um, the other day. And we were talking about old CRXs. And we, we both had a, a 91 CRX SI that had these, these uh, wheels on it that looked like fan blades. They were wheels for the, the CRX SI. I remember. And the wheels on the left side of the car and the wheels on the right side of the car were both different. You couldn't cross these wheels because they went directionally. They right. were like mirror images of each other because they're like a fan blade. So mm-hmm. you could only rotate the tires front to back, the wheels front to back. Otherwise, they looked funny. They, the wheels were going backwards. And we had this discussion. And we're like, that was back when designers did things for a reason, and they spent extra money because it was the right thing to do. Now everything is so profit-driven that they make these decisions instead of being the design right thing to do. It's just more of a, man, guys, the Mini didn't used to be like that, and it's never been about that, even from 1959. I think that's what's driving a lot of people crazy. Yeah, I agree. So, design-wise, and that brings us to the big point. The big big news from the the Mini world. Big story. Yeah. Our, our, Our man, the designer, the lead designer... Of the mini brand since 2010, Anders Warming mm-hmm. has left 
the building. Left the building. Ladies and gentlemen, Anders has left the building. So it's a readjustment. It's uh, since 2011. I think it was nominated in the spring of 2011. Yeah, yeah. It was late 2010 that he took the job. But, yeah, took over from Gert Hildebrand, a great friend of ours and a great friend of the show. And I've still corresponded with Gert. In fact, he's the one that tipped me off to this information last week. And we broke it. I think before even motoring file. In fact, I I put it up on the White Roof Radio Facebook page, yep. and then I texted Gabe about twenty minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, but like Endless Warmers as a uh, warming. Sorry, I keep making that that funny mistake. I know. It's yeah, sorry, warming. Uh, as a no, he has an interesting you know background. So he you know for those of you who don't like really remember his background, he started he studied at the uh, Hart Center College of Design Europe in uh, Switzerland, and then. Uh, uh, they, they also have a campus in Pasadena, California. And so he began his career at, at BMW working at DesignWorks, mm-hmm. who is a, basically a general consultancy design studio uh, owned by the BMW group. And then he had a, a short tenure at, Volks, at Volkswagen from 2003 to 2005, came back to 2000, 2005 to BMW. Mm-hmm. Um, he worked on the second generation of the X3, uh, on the 5 Series and on the Z4 and the 6 Series. And he was working under, you know, mm. obviously at the time, uh, Chris Chris Bangle and now... Um, Adrian, Adrian uh, Bon, Huidonk. I like to say Huidonk. Huidonk, okay. And then it, it was named uh, Chief of Design at BMW Mini uh, in, in 2011. So he's, right. you know, it's from the... BMW through the BMW ranks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I like the fact that he had like this stand under Chris Bangle because I think you know uh, although he wasn't probably recognized at the time, but I think Chris Bangle is you know, just like a great designer. Chris Dan- uh, Chris Bangle liked a yeah. big ass. Yeah, yeah, but he was. I think he did some really great stuff. Oh, I, I agree. I think it's, yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, no, so interesting, you know, background and 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 everything. But uh, yeah, he left. Uh, he left the company, and so um, what's interesting when you hear that is that you go back six months and you look at all the changes in staff that we've seen at Mini in in Germany and also in the U.S. and it's and it's it, it sounds to I mean it sounds to me we're making assumptions we don't know anything we could be really really wrong and we see designers leaving you know companies to go do more you know other interesting new things at other companies you know all the time right but it seems to me it's like the culmination of of we've, you know, kind of initiated this clean slate, yeah. uh, you know, process six months ago or a year ago. And this is like the end of that process with the chief designer, right? And so yeah. uh, I'm just wondering, making well, assumptions all here. The, like, all the it, news reports. Did he actually leave or was he let go? That's All, a, the, all that's the news a, reports are saying that uh, he's actually left the BMW group uh, to pursue yep. other ventures. That's what we found by searching the Internet. Um, and so, I mean, we really can't guess otherwise. But and I, at the same time, we can kind of guess otherwise. I don't know. I'm I'm making assumptions here. Yeah. But I'm like, how long can you keep your job, or how long do you want to keep a job, when everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people are saying they hate your work. Okay. Right. And that's, I've got my hands tough. up here doing that. It's like I respect the man as as a designer, and like as DB said earlier, this is all subjective in its opinion. Mm-hmm. But my opinion is, I do not like the new car that much i do not like the front bumper treatment of this car i do not like some aspects of it as a whole i i I think it's a good car but you know 
that's it. So how long do you want to keep a job when people like me are out there? And I think I'm not not unique in this. There's a lot of people who don't like it. I could probably They're find going, 100 threads over at NAM or Motor Alliance. So, so what do you guys think? How long do you want to keep a job if everybody goes, I don't like your work? Yeah, not very. I, I wouldn't want to keep the job that long either. No. I'd want to go on and do something else. It's my, like, okay, screw LinkedIn, you guys. My LinkedIn page would be totally dialed in, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and, we don't, and we don't know whether like he just got a better offer somewhere or he decided to step down or he was forced out. It just seems – what, what's odd, like Alex was kind of alluding to, is it seems abrupt. And the fact that no, it, it, nobody says where he's going, it's not been announced. BMW has not released a press release about this. However, according to autocar.co.uk, they said they confirmed with Mini that, yes, Anders Warming has left the BMW group but wouldn't give any further details. Right. Now, I'm going to get the opportunity in – this coming week in just a few days to talk to some people from mini. And while I know I'm pretty sure they will, will not say anything publicly uh, unless a press release comes out before then, but I just get to ask him point blank. What's going on here? You know, what have you heard? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, there's two, two things I'd like to know also is um, if, if someone from like internally is going to replace him, or if they're going to grab someone from the outside, that would be very interesting. Uh, you know what? For just sake of change, I'd love for them to bring someone from the outside. Honestly, yeah, I, I think I, I think like we need we need uh, I think the brand needs you know fresh blood, uh, and that's someone that is not necessarily from the BMW ranks. That would be nice, and maybe it would be a mistake. I don't know, but that, I think that would be worth the try, given that you know. Uh, that's what they've, they've been doing historically. Um, but uh, you know, one, one and thing... then the second thing is is I I hope they do something with the Superleggera because it was it is a fantastic design, um, and also um, you know the Rocketman in some ways or elements of the Rocketman. Right, we have some elements of the Rocketman in the uh, F56, but it's it's being diluted into some other you know kind of design mistakes. I would call them. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I hope they, they do something with the Superleggera, honestly. Yeah, you know, with all these changes though going on around Mini and BMW, you want, it makes me kind of think that maybe, you know, BMW has noticed that there is something that could be done better, right? Yeah, or mm-hmm. different. I don't. Or know. different, and... or they they you know I I would almost bet that the twenty percent drop in sales that we saw in June and year to date for Mini USA. I would almost bet that nobody in Germany is terribly surprised by that, and they probably already knew. And it's well, going to be, right. it's going to be the, right. the hinkiness of the numbers, and then they just saw like a trend in that their cars weren't selling as well as they used to. No, they are very good. You're right, Dibby. Like they are very good at, I mean, predicting at, at right. managing like sales and predicting, not some uh, that that kind of stuff. So no, yeah. they've, they've seen this coming like for a while. And now. I like to think uh, that the, the guys in Germany are pretty smart, and they saw this coming, and they've just started wheels in motion, plans in place. It's it's very possible because basically, and let me put this very bluntly here, is that Mini was served this giant shit salad with crap croutons of yeah. the what fact kind of, that – How do you dress that? What kind of dressing, sir? Uh, you <laughs> don't. You, 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 you can't even go near this thing. But <laughs> the fact that all of these things are at play here, the U.S. has an insatiable lust for larger <laughs> and SUVs. Gas prices are low. The marketing is not working in the U.S., and and the diehard 
you know, uh, mini owners out there who have bought four, five, six, seven minis aren't really buying the new one in the kind of numbers that they have been. Yeah, and not so to mention competition is, is a lot stiffer now than it was for the R50, R53, or R56. It really is. For the people who are performance-oriented, who aren't really loyal to any brand, yeah. they look at it and go, for this kind of money, for forty grand, why do I need a JCW when I can go buy a new Ford Focus RS? Right. That's got more specs, right? And, and it's a faster car, much faster car mm-hmm. in zero to sixty. And Angles, for the money, that's where I'm going to put thing. my money. Yeah, I agree. So there's more competition. Yeah. So basically, all of these things, like I said, are are parts of the giant shit salad that many has been served through no real fault of their own, unless you say they should have seen it coming yeah. and tried to innovate a little more instead of get more conservative. Because I think that's all of our opinions. Right. Is that with the F56, this new generation of Mini, they've gotten a little more conservative and a little more BMW-like. Now, that being said, BMW sales are in the toilet, too. Right. Like, let's let's not forget that. Right. It's not like BMW's off being all successful on their own in the U.S. Their numbers are in the tank, too. And I think there is a giant – they put on the brakes at corporate in Mini in Germany at BMW and Mini, and they're going, wait a minute – yeah. Something's wrong. Let's fix it. Yeah. Now, I, I've got, I've got, I've got the answer for both sides. Ready? Yep. yep. BMW needs to bring back the ultimate driving machine marketing campaign. Number yeah. one, and Mini needs to start running the uh, Coke on the inside of the windshield ad. <laughs> San Francisco ad. The San Francisco ad. San Francisco. Yeah. yeah, where he opens up the 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 can of Coke and covers the entire inside of the windshield with uh, Coke suds. Yeah, well, he puts yeah he puts a Coke in the cup holder. Yep. and then gets in the car and he's having so much fun driving this car around the and doing leaps off these hills in yep. San Francisco. And then he gets to the bottom and he grabs the Coke and he opens it and everywhere the all over the tip. <laughs> or you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna make it even easier. They should just do ultimate driving machine, both sides. Yeah, and, I, but then, 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 then that would fo- hopefully force them to actually make the mini the ultimate driving machine. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, mm, yeah. I don't know. I think there's a lot at issue here, and I think this is another part of the discussion we had earlier that we should continue at a later time, and that is yeah. that mini has gone after a new clientele. They want a more affluent, younger crowd to buy their cars. And right now, that demographic does not exist in the U.S., and, or at least they're not hitting that demographic. Mm. I'm not saying there's not young people with money, because, Alex, you live in the center of young people with money, yes. like the, the epicenter of young people with money there in Silicon Valley in California, okay, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Near, near Silicon Valley. Uh, and, yeah, you see a lot of minis. But let's take this into numbers again. Let's let's crunch this into numbers, and then we'll we'll call it a show. That uh, about I, I've heard around thirty percent of minis sold in the U.S. So let's just say twenty thousand minis a year are sold in the state of California. Well, yeah, I mean a full third of them. Well, that's also so where you, the bulk of the dealers are. So you got to think that marketing mm-hmm. is really directed towards that because a full one third of your product is focused on one state in a very, you know, narrow, I don't want to say narrow demographic, but it's a very specific. What sells in California doesn't necessarily sell in Kansas City or Memphis or Nashville or Dallas or even Tampa. Right. Um, and I think there needs to, they got to start rethinking their whole campaign idea 
and Gabe said this, that many looked at it from a global perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And they're using the same global campaign all over the planet. And it's working everywhere else. It's very European-based and very young and kind of hip and cool. It's like laid back. It's not about, you know, the marketing like it was when, when we all were turned on to it in 2002. The go left when everybody else goes right and we're going to go have fun while everybody else is being bored in their Toyota Camry. <laughs> now it's gone more towards, oh, no, we're sophisticated and we're going to go – we're going to get in our car and we're going to drive to a maker fair of right. craft crap. <laughs> and we're all going, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I, I am not that person. And I said it last week. And I think Gabe disagreed with me a couple weeks ago is that many doesn't want us as customers anymore. And Alex, I think you agreed with me. They want a different customer base. Yeah. I mean, it's the it's so how do I explain it? Like the as far as I'm concerned, and again, like I'm always kind of cautious, you know, using us as a as a as a proxy for what would the typical typical mini customer look like. Uh, but as far as I am concerned, like none of mm-hmm. the none of the um, none of the marketing campaign that have been going on for the past since the pretty much since the FHSX came out, like has been attracted you know attractive to me. Uh, so I, it just doesn't work on me, and it's not the reason why I chose to buy you know, a JCW this time. Um, and again, you know, I shared before my top three, but and, and the reason why I selected the JCW. Uh, but for other the people they are targeting, they are sending this car towards. It's they're definitely trying to get people who use the car to go to A to B. I don't, you know, and again, like I don't think they are trying to appeal to the. Uh, dynamic characteristics of the car and the, and the kind of people that would worry about it, those types of features. Hmm. And they're really looking for, you know, selling to urbanites that need something to go to A to B and that can they, that they can easily park on the streets. Right. Um, yeah, it's definitely and also like definitely not targeting enthusiasts uh, because the again the enthusiastic features of the car uh, you're only getting them when you're forking you know a non-significant mm. amount of money right which we've mentioned uh, like which a, you, we've mentioned yeah, that already a hundred times yeah. over the last for which couple you could of buy shows. a gti for less uh, right a golf gti <clears throat> for less right so yeah right yeah. and it has carplay <laughs> and it has carplay yeah. yeah yeah so there's that um okay well let me tell you guys about one of the other fine sponsors here underneath the white roof our friends over at craven speed cravenspeed.com home of the platypus mount home of the stubby antenna home of the really cool short shift kit for the r56 home of the really cool custom shift knob for pretty much all the cars home of the f56 intake home of the all the things that are made by computer design and out of unobtainium. It's all awesome, awesome stuff. Once you go over there, check out everything that Craven Speed sells for your mini. It's all cool stuff. And when you go to buy something, because you will, I want you to make sure you leave a note there in the order form. It says, you know, uh, make sure you thank them for supporting White Roof Radio. We really appreciate it. So do they. They, of course, being our friends over at Craven Speed, CravenSpeed.com. Go over there and check them out if you'd be so kind. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Alex, you had one more thing. Yeah, uh, you know everything that that Todd and and we, you know, the team said here. What we're hearing, as far as sales are concerned, it's really we're not we're not naive to the point of thinking like this is our this is the only view that someone can have about the state of sales and and why sales are 
decreasing or increasing. Like we're just based, we're basing our opinions based on what information we have access to, right? There are plenty of things that we don't know about. And and again, like we're not stubborn, like we're more than happy to change our opinion. Uh, and again, as always, as I said, I said this many times in the past, so it's not a new announcement for anyone, you know, uh, uh, following the show. If anyone, even, you know, even anonymously wants to, from Mini or from BMW, wants to chip in and, and you know, maybe, you know, show us the show us the, the light or, you know, shed some light on the assumptions that we have, maybe false assumptions that we have, we're more than happy to, to retract any, anything that we say and change our opinion. So we're not completely, you know, stubborn on the manual. That's all, that's all I wanted to say. Okay. Very good. Then I think with that, we're done. Yes, yes, we are. Yes. Perfect. A nice short show for you guys this week. Awesome. Um, for those of you who are still out on Mini Takes Estates, and for those of you who are bummed that you could not get any um, any of the cool motoring stripes gear, swag, don't worry. Todd's got you covered. Go find him. He probably, he might have a little bit left by the time you guys are hearing this. Go find Todd. He's out there, and he has more stuff. Go and get it. And if you're already home, I want you to warm yourself up to motoringstripes.com. Because as soon as Todd gets back, he'll start fulfilling orders again. Now you can get yourself a set of Todd Pearson-made stripes for your mini. You get the Countryman boot protector strip. You can even get a white roof radio sunroof delete kit by using the contact form over at motoringstripes.com. And you send Todd an email say, hey, I have a chilly red roof and I want a white roof radio sunroof delete kit. And he will send you a quote and way to order. Done and done. Motoringstripes.com. Because, you know, blank is boring. <clears throat> Gentlemen, is there anything else? No, sir. Excellent. Then this is the part of the show where I do like to make that funny clicking sound. And then I say, questions, comments, or concerns, go ahead and click back over to whiteroofradio.com. There you can leave us a note in the show notes. You can also email us, feedback at whiteroofradio.com. Until next week, Inc., this is DB. I'm done. Cheers. Abiato. Abiato.